Hello everyone. Welcome again to Mind of the Football Fans. I'm David. He's Spy. Spy, how you doing? I'm very good, David. How are you doing? Very good. I'm very good. I'm so glad to be here. So much has happened in the past two weeks. Just two weeks since we last were here, you know, talking about football. But it's good to be back. It's good to be back, you know. Right? 100%. Very good to be back. We have a lot yeah. to talk. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, um, you know, this is Mind of the Football Fans, your home for all things Premier League football. We talk all things Premier League football on this show, so definitely. But before we get right into football, we have to first and foremost start by saying thank you guys so much for all of you that have continued to support us. And we ask again that, you know, you keep vibing with us don't forget to like and make sure you hit that bell so that you'll be notified when we drop content for you guys does that sound good it sounds perfect that sounds perfect so i love that i love that so again like subscribe hit that bell and you know we'll vibe together and then also don't forget that if you can't watch the podcast live while apple podcast while spotify while google podcast pretty much every podcast platform so check it out wherever i get your podcast from while on there and also follow our social media instagram tiktok mind of the football fans where we drop content for you guys all week long so hope you guys you know we find you guys there and you know we keep vibing together yeah good yes sir yes sir. so let's let's pretty much let's pretty much talk football shall we shall we Shall we talk football? Yeah, yeah def- definitely, definitely. So, as always, we have to we have to start with when it comes to football. We have to start like this, and that is if you watch if you are watching this video, you are listening to us. Please let us know what team you support. I am an Arsenal fan, spy. I assume you are a United fan. Is it so? I still assume so. Pretty much yes. Pretty much yeah. So please let us know in the comments what club you support. Again. I support, you know, the great ass now. He supports oh, the. Sorry, he support the great. I support the great ass now. What Why is there great, great in front of the name? Why is there no great in front of the great ass now? Like well, as as not... you, have to, you have to win something to be great, no? I mean, I'm just speculating. You have to win something to be great. They haven't won anything, so I'd be great. Carry on, please. Okay. Well, yeah. So. I support the great Arsenal. He supports Manchester United or the Manchester United, whichever one works for you. Right? Three-time Champions League winning Manchester United. That works for me. Okay. So tell us, tell us what team you support and in the comments, and you know, let's vibe together. Let's make connections and let's keep going. So March Week 21 came and gone. That's, that came around. March Week 21 Obviously, the first half of Match Week 21 was played, rounded up yesterday, being Sunday, with the um, Manchester United and Spurs. And yeah, Manchester United and Spurs at Old Trafford. And, um, but it's also kicked off with Burnley versus Luton at, what they called? What's Burnley's home called? Turf Moor, Turf Moor, yeah, yeah, Turf Moor. So that's kicked off. But before we go right into, you know, the main stuff, the first question I have for you is what stood out this first half of March Week 21? What stood out? I'll say Newcastle versus Manchester City. That game was unexpected. 
the fact that, you know, the person I tell you that we should be worried about, Kevin De Bruyne, he came back from injury and he did what he did. So that's a lot for me. Okay. Yeah. No, I actually agree with that because, you know, we'll go into De Bruyne. That's the first thing we'll actually get into this this episode. First few things we get into. He was electric, came out, I think, 25. He played 25 minutes and absolutely changed the game. So I do vibe with that. Um, but for me, I think for me, what stood out was just how interesting for five games there was so much energy around those five games no game was actually well actually no everton Aston Villa was quite boring because you know but like other than that every game was had so much intensity and drama and, and vibe around it i don't know if you agree with that 100 games were unexpected people came back you know bouncing back um sports manchester united you can say was electric and the fact that everton held Villa to a new new draw that is also something to be looked on. Yeah, and it was a very interesting first half. Yeah, definitely. So let's let's kick on, shall we? Obviously, we'll we'll start with the most interesting game, and that was Manchester City Newcastle. Really? Manchester. I think that was the most interesting game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I obviously, I agree to disagree. That's that's fair though. That's fair, but like. You know that, like, that was very interesting. But anyways, that's the first game we'll touch on. Manchester City ended up beating Newcastle 3-2. So my question from that game is, how much problem... Because let me let me give background before I ask the question. But obviously, the question is already showing. Let me, so let me just give background already. Kevin De Bruyne, it was 2-1 with 25 minutes to go. Kevin De Bruyne comes on, okay. No one is that. No one is expecting him to do what he did. But he comes on four minutes and I think forty-four seconds or something like that. Don't quote me on the exact time. Comes on and he collides. Then I think eighty-eight. The on the eighty-eight minute, he then assists Oscar Bob, who also comes off the bench to score. But before that, Newcastle six penalty had scored this amazing backflip. Like Carl Walker crosses it and scores that amazing backflip, and then it's one nil, and then. Anthony, um, what's his name? Anthony Gordon first. No, not Gordon. Isaac. Isaac then equalizes with a fantastic finish. Amazing. Like that finish was sublime. And then the same thing with what's the same thing with Anthony Gordon too. Comes on and is sublime with the finish. Um, then which brings into my question: How much problem is KDB being back? And is this the start of the city we are scared of? I think if we all tune into the last episode that we released, I believe I touched this question before this question came up. I think I said. Yes, City were missing. They had some injuries, John Stones, whatever, whatever. But the main man who would give problems to that title challenge is not John Stones. It's not going to be Rodri or it is that man, De Bruyne. And we've seen it now because if this was the last two weeks, the City are not coming back from that 2 1 defeat. But we can see that that key player, that influence, that trait that De Bruyne brings into that midfield, we can see that and we have seen that. So I think KDB is a problem. And the problem is him being fit. And we don't know KDB to be injured way too much. So now he's back. I think he's back to win the title. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm actually, I don't say this very often. I you know, obviously, last week when we were, you know, doing our predictions, I said, not last week, like last episode, I said, City, Arsenal, I still feel Arsenal can win the league. But then I'm watching City. Sorry? Last episode, I told you that I'm still yeah. sticking. Yeah, exactly. So, and I'm still now I'm watching this game, and KDB is coming off the bench. And I usually don't say this often, but like, I'm actually scared. Like, I'm scared of where 
this city team can actually go like i'm actually scared to play city right now i don't, I don't care what anyone says i i think i can quote myself if i'm not mistaken from last week i said arsenal's long time run will come to an end when they face their i think i used the word i've forgotten the word i used but let me just use the word right now nemesis arsenal's nightmare there's there you go their nightmare kevin de Bruyne, and I guess yeah. he's just bad racing, Erling Haaland. And you know what happens when they bring out Haaland play? Oh my god, that would be that would be disgusting. That would be absolutely disgusting. Like that, like I'm actually like sitting now. Like obviously, when they started the season, they had so many ups and downs. You know, red cards and stuff. In the, the KDB injured, but like now that KDB is back, Haaland is probably coming back. Like as the as next as the, like the next match week we can they can literally come back and he can score a hat trick no matter the opener like they don't even care about the opener anymore what's can will so annoying though so it's, annoying you do better so annoying not envy them you work on your team definitely obviously i'm not i'm not envying them i'm not i'm not saying i'm having them i'm just like it's definitely mm-hmm. one of those things where like you cannot stop it you 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 just know it like what's about to happen that's like, never but like against um like super um super cup final was super cup sorry Spanish cup final, Real Madrid versus Barca. When Vinicius is one on one, you know what is going to happen. You can't stop it. And like you know, pundits on Premier League on Sky Sports, yeah, they asked, they are being asked, okay, who is winning the league? And they all say City. In my head, I'm like, these guys are stupid. Are they watching the same City play? Now I'm thinking I'm the stupid one because like I watched that same city play and they're absolutely ruthless i'm not a pundit but if you ask me on predictions i think i have a a stand and um when you gave a prediction on as long i believe i told you even liverpool and the better seat of winning at the arsenal i'm it's not it's not like i'm just being like hateful towards arsenal no i love arsenal yeah right next to my heart yeah but um sometimes we have to be realistic like i'm a united fan but me saying United is going to win the league is me being a fan and not a realist. And same thing with Arsenal. Yes, last season, you could say, oh, they gave a good title challenge. Some of this season, they would do it. They would do better. But they started, off, they started off great. But I think ever since they played Villa, they've been shambles, mate. They need to fix up. Because the first football we saw Arsenal at the beginning of the season is not what we're saying now. They're saying... Um, your footballer. Yeah, and you know, definitely, I don't even want to stream. I don't want to divert off, you know, this first part of Matthew 21. But like currently, Arsenal are at Dubai. Yeah, they are at Dubai currently on their winter break, just resting up and just touching some things up. Yeah, anyways, we have spoken about City. I mean, I mean, we'll probably keep talking about City as the time goes on, right? But let's move on to who they played. They played Newcastle. And Newcastle obviously they gave it a go like they actually you can't say they didn't give it a go they had two fi- amazing finishes and just they just couldn't kdb was just the you know the what they call this stuff this superman kryptonite for them kdb was like literally the kryptonite whatever you would say but we all know that newcastles are currently going through like their longest injury list and they have so many injuries and they can't necessarily buy us and also some other situations too like with tolani and stuff and they necessarily cannot also buy players because of FFP and how much they have spent. If you know what FFP is, you know that tech, they can't actually even go out to the market and do anything. So my question, knowing all this is, how long can Newcastle hold out? Like, how long can they survive with all this injury crisis, with all the bans, 
without going into the market to actually maybe go for like a European spot? The mentality that they brought towards that Manchester City game, I think even though they have injuries and whatnot, if they carry on that mentality to play another team except from City in this league, they are getting a result. And I think I think that's that's all that needs to be said. The mentality is not all about injuries sometimes. Yes, there are some key players, but there's no real key player that Newcastle have not played without this season that is currently injured. Because Gordon is putting on figures, Isaac is putting on figures, so on and so forth. And that mentality, the way they played against City, counter-attacking football, one touch, simple football. And Trippier not making mistakes as well, because that's cost them a lot this season. I think it's caused them like three or four significant losses. If I can quote Everton, Chelsea, um, I think there are two more, but I can't really recall it. But yeah, I think it's just the mentality in the team because once you, you're quite short on some numbers, you don't have to think, what can we work with what we have? And I think that's what they should do. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, they, 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 they give definitely. And you looked at the bench, like the bench... There was no one on the bench that they could actually, in terms of offensively, they offensively couldn't bring on anyone to actually, let's say, change the game a bit. They looked so leggy. They were so tired. Because like, City just held possession for like the whole game. So like they couldn't necessarily do anything. And I do agree that is a mindset. Technically, you know, if they had gone, to, exactly, if they had gone to play any other team, they would have actually won that game. Because they could have, they could, they they every down And then two, and up, two goals in like four minutes. Yeah. Even against Liverpool. We saw how many, I think that was what, 5-3 win or 5-4 win for Liverpool. They were like six goals in the second. I think it was 40, six goals in the second half or something. Newcastle, they would get the goals. It's just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, no, no, not every team has, there's only one team that has KDB that can actually change the game like this. So if any other team they play, they can literally like, you know, come out and, hold up hold up that result but again it was a really good game to watch really enjoy. i was watching it and i was like what is going on like can this actually be happening that like newcastle actually win this and then obviously KDB, i saw KDB coming on and i was like mm, maybe not uh maybe maybe this is not the day but i'll, I'll personally out of yeah I'll, let's not let's not say that but yeah i was wondering you were going yeah you, you, i think i think you know where i was going but let's not let's not say that you know yeah. But let's move on to the um second game. No, no, the second game was second game. Yes, the final game of the first half of match between one Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur at Old Trafford. Amazing game! I just have to say that was an amazing football game. I mean, I, I don't know, but from my point of view, I don't know for you, but like that was an amazing football game. Wonderful finishes, but oh my, you see. That the way this guy pounced on that shot, Hoyland, um, where he put that ball in the net. I didn't expect him to put it like that. And even Rashford, to Rashford's finish was just sublime. And then you went across, oh my, nah, nah, Spire. You, you have to just appreciate a good finish when you see one. I'm not taking it to Okay, I, I can see someone is, um, someone is salty about the game. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. But you still have to appreciate a good finish though. I appreciate Hoyland's finish. I appreciate Rashford's finish. But you can't appreciate Bentacor's finish. From a fan perspective, I do. Okay. Okay, that's fair. That's good. That's good. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful finishes. And then also, another storyline from the game. This guy was at the game, Sir Rich, Rich Kerf. I, I hope I'm pronouncing the name correctly. 
the guy that bought twenty five percent of United of United deal isn't finalized yet. Probably till like February before it's actually like fully in place. So that's why Mayu necessarily don't have money for this transfer window. Um, he was in attendance. Everyone, you know, it all looked good. Storylines. Everyone you see taking selfie with him, all lovely. And I think it was also a fair result for both teams to be honest. Because in the second, in the first half, United came out and played ball, and then in the second half, Spurs were like, "Nah, I'm done. You guys aren't doing this stuff anymore." So they had to then United had to like lean back on the counter attack, and then obviously Jim finished two two. Hoyland scoring four minutes into the game wasn't that wasn't that good. He scored literally four minutes into the game. I think that was the first time I've seen United actually do that. To be honest, in a while, in a while. My bad in a while. Yeah. So four minutes is the game. Hoynan scored. Then again through a set pace. This guy equalizes with Charleston. So that's another goal. Another like that's like five five good games, five goals. He's on that type of streak. And then exactly and then the, then there's a play play outside the box and then Rashford finishes sublimely. And then fifty seconds into the second half, Bentaqua just blasts past Onana. So that was a good game. Knowing that's my question from this game. Is should I ask the sports question or should I ask the United question first? No, you have to ask one first. I can't just ask. ask I mean? both. I'll ask both, but what do you want me to ask first? United. United, okay. Both goals practically that United scored were kind of counter-attacking. Is counter-attacking football the new Manchester United way? Has it not always been the Manchester United way? That should no, be. No, not really, no. No. Yes. They, they they literally play counter-attacking against every team though. So that is their way then. How is how is it that way? How is it their way? Fucking my English. If we're used to a Manchester United that is very dominant though, that should be very dominant in terms of possession, in terms of attacking, in terms of everything, they should be dominant, dominating the teams they play. I'm I'm sorry. Excuse me. But um, since Ferguson, even during Ferguson, yes, we do dominate the position sometimes, but we were known for counter attacks. That's okay. what. We're known for. That's literally why the formation 4-2-3-1 is a united constant formation. That formation allows a counter-attack. During the time of, of Moyes, Bangal, Mourinho, so on and so forth, counter-attacking football is Manchester United. That's how, that's how the only thing that changes is when we play big teams, we solely base our football on counter-attack. When we play underdogs, we try to have possession. And we've seen that a lot of times. We play City, we let City have all the ball and we hope to pounce back. We play Liverpool, Liverpool have all the ball, we hope to grab one chance. But when we play Luton Town, we want to hold the ball. When we play Bournemouth, we want to hold the ball. I'm sorry, you have to stick to one. It's either you're holding the ball against both teams and then you're still playing counter-attack or you're playing counter-attack in true. Don't switch it up because you think this team is a small team or this team is a big team. I'm sorry, that's not how football works. Okay, then maybe I'm just the I'm just the one that's reading to a type of way to it. I always knew United as a from every time I watch United, even just when they played Arsenal, when they play other teams, I always knew them as this team that dominates possession and then can with that possession they can break and score. So now I'm watching United. Sorry? You're talking about City. That's no, the- no. Manchester you're talking about right now. No, no, no. That's not, no. But like, in other ways, but now I'm watching United and pretty much they are just sitting back and then they, Bruno gets the ball literally straight up to 
Rashford because of obviously I'm fast or straight up to Ganacho and then something happens from there you know counter-attack so I, I don't, in my head I'm just like is this like how much is this how far that's, Manchester United has come that's how Manchester United has always played they've always had okay Tama Ferguson Ronaldo Nani Juveni Van Persie or Ashley Young Valencia Juveni Berbatov or so on and so forth the wingers are always quick because we always break. Or they're gonna social. Name them. Okay. Okay. I mean that's that's fair. That's if that's the way they can they should be getting the results or they can get the results. That's fair to them. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. But moving moving over to Spurs, Spurs signed Spurs very what's the word? Very strong in this transfer window. Getting to Moena on loan and getting Radu. Dragusin from I can't remember what team he's from though but they, he's a centre back and you know very active this transfer window that's the word I was looking for so my question in terms of sports is can this new signings help them secure that top four spot I don't have an answer to that question <laughs> because the team of winner we know in Bundesliga is a different team of winner that we know in Premier League I mean, he did. He did assist Bentancur's goal, so that's that's a plus. That, that assist is not. Uh, do you know what I used to? Sorry, forgive me for wrong, but there's there's one thing I used to do. There's an assist that I really don't classify as an assist. I just classify it as a pass because when you see players like Ozil, Tony Cruz, Kevin De Bruyne, that is what you call an assist. An assist is a pass that makes it easy for a striker to score. Don't you dare tell me that that's what Tino Moena did because me and you have an argument. <laughs> Look at De Bruyne's pass. It made it easy for him. No, no. 100% that was oh. not easy. Hold on. 100% that was not easy. When he controlled the ball, he became literally one-on-one. -on -one. Yes or yes? Yes. Excuse me. That's, that's an assist. When Trent Alexander-Arnold crosses the ball to your head, that's an assist. Not when you give a short pass and then the player boots. That's not an assist, mate. Because if the striker did not do all the work on his left foot and what a strike, you know, that's just a pass. I know, uh -huh. yes, it's classified as an assist to go under his name as an assist. But to me, my own... That's not an assist. When Ozil does... Oh, my God. You, you need to watch Ozil. No, I, I know Ozil. Ozil was like my... You know, you, you remember all those years I used to partner my, I used to partner my game uh, like... Of Ozil, like I'll literally be like trying to like pass, like you know, all the sneakiest types of passes. Because that's what you call an assist. An assist is a pass that when the striker has it, it makes his life easy. Not he has to walk for his goal and shoot from 40 yards out. I mean, that's not an assist, mate. That's just me passing you the ball and you taking a glory shot. Sorry, but the credit is on you. So, do you don't think they can make top four? Is Villa going to stop? Or is Villa going to continue? That's the question. I don't think Tottenham's top four is based on Tottenham. I don't think the top four right now is based on any team because it's, the top four is only going to be based on one team dropping off. Like Villa, they had a draw. And if Tottenham really wanted this top four, not that they don't want it, but if you know what I mean, they would have taken the win against United to like put them in that spot. But they both had a draw, so now it's a reset. You have to go again next week. So if none of them drop off, I think we're going to be in for like a very crazy ending of a Premier League that we've never seen before. Yeah, and you know, definitely, I I said that you know, Arsenal win the league, and you know, now I'm saying Masti can literally run away. 
probably run away with it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to change my prediction here. But like, this is a season that like none before. Like everyone is just high on the road and little, a very little. Like I'm pretty sure the person that wins the league will not. Last season, Masti won the league. I think with ninety five points or something like that. Us, I can't remember how many points. I don't think the person that wins the league will get up to ninety points. Like that's just how I feel. It's probably yeah exactly. So um, yeah definitely. So that that was that was Manchester United Tottenham and it was good. So it, it was a good game I have to say. Not better than City Newcastle, but it was a good game. Let's move on to the next one, Chelsea Fulham. Um, this Chelsea's third straight win. In the Premier League, actually, not in all primarily because they lost to what's their name, freaking Middlesbrough, one nil in the League Cup semi final. But third straight win in the Premier League, they are now eight on the table. That's a that's a big achievement. You you, you have to say that's a big achievement, right? Well, and um, money they spent. I mean, they should be. No, no, it's a big achievement comparing to where they were before. Like, you know what I mean, yeah. moving up two places, big achievement. I mean, technically, I don't I don't think they will stand, but we'll, we'll go into that more, and then. And then Kopama, what we call ice, everyone is giving him ice. Ice Kopama. Kopama. Ice. Palma, bro. You know, the one that does the. You mean Kopelma? Because all these calls is penalty. Oh my God. You are, the media is giving him one. You are giving him one. Which one should we stick with? Both. Okay. Yes, yes, is a I rate I rate him for breaking up CE to get game time. That's what I rate him for. He's been playing football, don't get me wrong. I think in the last episode I praised him. I am praising him, but um please stand the penalties, mate. Please come on. Yeah, so he um ice cold from the spot and secures Chelsea's one nil win over Fulham. So question is is eighth position the highest Chelsea can end up at the end? And I know this is a messed up question, but I'm actually being serious. Because you look at the other teams around them, Newcastle, United, um, Bright, not even Bright, uh, Brighton. If you're an Arsenal fan, please um find my Instagram, message me, and I will give you David's number so you can talk to him about that, that question. If you're a Chelsea fan, you can talk to him about that question because I think this question should be shouldn't be overlooked by Chelsea fans. Is that Really? Is eighth position the highest a Chelsea team? This Chelsea team, this current Chelsea team can't finish. Yeah. has won the Premier League in the last eight years. Really, David? But it's not the same Chelsea team, though. This is pretty much like... Yes, that's the highest division. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? You're crazy. So you want want this... You want me to look like a... Yes. It's David that asked the question, but I'm just following up with an answer because that's my job to answer questions. And they say yes. great minds think alike. So for the fact that I'm thinking it and you could answer yes, meaning what both thinking it. You know what I mean? Don't think it. Don't get me involved in this. <laughs> Don't get me involved. I have a lot of Chelsea fans that are right next to me. So don't get me involved in this. But I think um I, last week I thought it was 10 space that was the highest, but you proved me wrong, so I mean, te- technically, Brighton haven't played, so that could probably change. If Brighton plays, things could end up coming back to, coming back to the world. Um, this, is, this is disrespectful. <laughs> but anyways, let's move on to one of... Because uh, I'm not even going to spend too much time. I'm sorry, but like I literally don't have anything to say about the game. Um, it's, they got the three points. What three... Hooray. With the amount of money they spent, should that, shouldn't that be a normal? That should. 
So like, I'm, I'm not even going to say anything about it. Next up, Burnley looting. Game finished 1-1. But this particular game, this and obviously Burnley or looting are like three points above Burnley, one point above relegation, like Everton, which is like in front of them, which is in front of them. But like, Burnley obviously took the lead. Yes, Burnley took the lead and looting then equalized. But the way looting equalized was very suspect, right? So my question from the game, I don't know if you watched, did you did you watch it? Did you see the... No, uh, I wish I could play for it right now. But it was very controversial. And well, I, I guess my question, my, my, uh, my question cannot stand. But like, I think you can answer your own question right now. I, I mean, I think the goal shouldn't have, have stood. But like, let me just tell you what happened. So they played the, this guy plays the ball into the box. I think after a corner sequence, they plays the ball into the box. And then the defense, I think it was Ade, uh, Adebayo or something, that's his name. I think that he's the one. He then backs into um, Trafford, James Trafford, right? And because Trafford is coming out to punch the ball, but then Adebayo comes in and backs into Trafford, like, and then Trafford falls on the floor. And then Morris then has the chance to then head the ball into a wide open net. And it goes to VR, and VR technically doesn't, says, on, and the ref, the ref gave it as a, as a goal. So VR just kind of agree with it. And I don't know. Now looking back, I do not think that goal should start. And I don't know. Let me see if I can play it for you to watch. And maybe we can all watch together. I do not think that goal should have stood. I'm sorry. Um it's Mengi. Tried to give it go. Just foster in an advanced position for the home side. Trying to take their heels in here. Trafford comes, doesn't get anywhere near it. And Morris heads home off the bench with an equaliser. Um, I see why you say he shouldn't stand. But he wasn't getting there. He was literally, literally getting there, though. He wasn't getting there. He wasn't, he was, even the commentator, you can see clearly said, and I quote, he doesn't get anywhere near it. He was not getting there in his wildest dreams. He misjudged the cross and he got punished for it. Maybe you have a different opinion, but to me, he misjudged the cross. That's it. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's what probably you have to live with it like that. You know? Probably have to. I, it is what it is. But put got one point. Uh, Lutin is not. I don't think Lutin will die because they drew it. They drew, they drew the game. They are still one point above. One, sorry, one point below Everton and five points, sorry, and four points above Burnley. But uh, for Burnley, yeah, it would be a big blow for them. I don't think Blue Team will care, but yeah, it's one of those, it, it is what it is type of things. And everyone has their opinion on it. The VR didn't say anything and we'll just probably have to wait. I hear what's, um, what's his name? Howard Webb, no? The PGOML, you know, when they come out with their, what do they call it? Their... Take, not their takes, their analysis. We just have to hear what they say. But let's move on to the last game of the first part of Matthew 21. Aston Villa, Everton. That ended nil-nil. And just, just of breaking news that came up as uh, before we actually started streaming this episode. Both Everton and Forest have been found to breach Premier League's sustain, sustain, you know, one of the breaches for sustainability and stuff. So that might end up be another 10 points deduction. We don't know. You don't, you don't know what that might be. 
Um, but anyways, that put aside, Everton Aston Villa nil nil. Is it a disappointing result for either side? Mm, Everton, yes. Aston Villa, yes. I think so. Because Everton, I think um, they've had temper with the top show. I think they need to grab as much points as they can now to be comfortable. Aston Villa, they're in a position that they have not been in probably 20 years. So they need as well to always have results. Even if it's a one-nil win, they just need to always have results. Yes, taking a point for away from home is still something, but not in the position you are right now. You need three points. You need to sit comfortably in that top three. You need. To. That's actually no. I do agree with that. Like it's fair. Like Villa in a position where they can, they could literally go above. They could have literally gone above City for you know for third. Haven't played one more game than City, but they didn't. They couldn't take their chance. But you know, it is what it is. We'll see how this season plays out. And yeah, but definitely. The second part of match week 21 will be next week. Arsenal hosts Crystal Palace Saturday. Easy win for Crystal Palace. I feel like now you're just taking the piss, but it's okay. It's okay. Now you're just... Only said lately. Excuse me. Only said I have been playing football. Okay. And then Brentford host Sheffield and Ivan Tony sorry Bradford host Forest host Forest Ivan Tony will probably be back for that game either off the bench or he might actually start Sheffield host West Ham Bournemouth host Liverpool and it rounds up with Brighton playing Wolves on Monday so that's how we are going but before we round up the live stream I just have a few questions to ask you and just hear your thoughts right now the AFCON and the Asian Cup have kicked off we have seen some results what do you think of the AFCON so far because I think we are more affiliated with the AFCON than the Asian Cup more or less what do I think what do you mean by what do I think like so far the results you know Nigeria drew their game 1-1 I can't remember this country that lost 2-1 to this other country like it was just bizarre the host Cote d'Ivoire they won their game comfortably Senegal to won their game today comfortably but I mean so far has there been anything Algeria drew also Um, Ghana lost that was the country I was talking about Ghana also lost to Cameroon drew their game these are pretty much the favourites Egypt drew their game so these are pretty much the favourites and so far they haven't looked as as all the hype says, so I don't know if you think of it, if you are thinking of anything about it so far, you're really too deep into it. It's Afcon. We we know what's going to happen. People start off strong, people start off weak, but at the end of the day, Egypt, they are always going to be a threat. Nigeria as well. I haven't heard anything about Morocco. Why? No, they haven't played yet. They are playing, playing tomorrow. They threaten the World Cup. I think they should do a lot of damage in the Afcon as well as so far. I don't really dig deep into Afghan unless like some certain countries I like are playing. Other than that, I'm not really a fan. I'm not a fan of the Asian Cup. I'm not a fan of the international friendlies. I'm not a fan of anything. I'm a fan of Premier League and that's about it. Okay. So then which which make which will make my next question weird? The Spanish Super Cup, obviously Madrid ended up winning it 4-1. Vinicius scoring a 38 minute hat trick. Coincidentally. I don't know if it's just crazy how coincidences happen like this. He's wearing the number seven, scoring a hat trick against Barcelona, playing in a previous number seven stadium. You know, Ronaldo's current team on Osa. That was where the final was, and he ended up scoring a 38 minute hat trick. I don't know. Everything was just everything was just adding up like you know, 
You feel me? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not following. Where's the coincidence? The fact that he's wearing number seven, scoring a hat trick against Barcelona, which Ronaldo has done before in Ronaldo's current team stadium, and then he hits the C celebration. I don't know. There was just a lot of things going on that like coincidence. All I'll say is Vinicius, a young man, creating name for yourself. That's what I'll say. Okay, ending on Barcelona. Ending on Barcelona. Around what what needs to be done. Okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough, right? Yeah. And besides, Xavi's first final. Give him, give him some this time. is not his first final. They won the Super Cup last year, though. I mean, I'm not... I'm Spanish Super... I'm, honestly, I don't I don't want to go into that because I'll be very hypocritical when to go into that because when Messi was winning it, I was making noise with it. But now, I'm, I don't want to be hypocritical. Let's <laughs> say he's, uh, he's one of them ones, like... Next we up, we can't say too much about the World Cup. That's the same thing we can't say too much about the Spanish Super Cup. Okay, next up, Bayer Leverkusen. They Those... cannot. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> eventually make a mistake. Yes. Twenty-three wins, three draws, eighty-two goals scored. It's two goals. It's two goals scored. Zero losses. Zero losses. They are the only team in Europe top in Europe's top five league that has not lost a game this season. Currently, currently they, I think they are five points above Bayern, but Bayern has a game in hand. Um, I don't know what to say about them. Like, like what can you say? I, I actually don't know what to say about it. It's like, they just came and took the whole... You And the fact that, that no one is necessarily talking... Like, no one is necessarily talking about it because I think they're they in conference league or they are, they are, I think they're in Europa. But then no one is... And then also, they're also in Bundesliga. No disrespect to Bundesliga, but like, no one is talking about it that much. You know what I mean? Disrespecting. You, but you know what I mean? I believe that it's been, I mean, probably your, um, wherever you watch your football is probably um, centered. But me, wherever I put on football, I always hear speculations about buying the equation. Are they going to be stopped? So on and so forth. I mean, eventually, this always happens with Dortmund, with whatever. Eventually, Bayern will just keep getting results and keep staying behind. And then they will let up and Bayern will sweep up. We've seen it for the past like seven years now. It's a constant. But hopefully there'll be a change because for it seems to constantly be winning the league for like God knows how many years it needs to stop. Just like Juventus, they got stopped in Serie A. Now I think Bayern needs to be stopped. Yeah, and hopefully someone can stop City too. Just I'm just throwing that out there. So And then also, before we move on to some last few things, Jordan Sancho, he's now... Jordan Sancho, he's now back to Dortmund. Um, on his debut, on his second debut, he comes off the bench and he assists Marco Royce. Doesn't that sound? Doesn't that sound good? To doesn't that make you happy to see that he's back playing football? I'm so sorry, but he's always been the, the Sancho we know. Give him the space, give him the oh. freedom, and he will perform. My bad, I was just corrected. Jaden, Jordan, not Jordan, Jaden, Sancho. I'm so sorry, please. Um, if jo- Sancho, if you ever watch this, I say this, please. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, Jaden, Sancho. You forgive him. Yeah. So, do you ever think? Do you think he has a future at United? Like even if when he, you know, he goes to Dortmund, does whatever he does. I think if he apologizes, he will have a future. But do you think he will apologize? Ah, uh, he's a South London boy. I don't think he would. And um, lastly, we'll just touch on this because I don't want to spend too much time on this. Saudi and some players, players such as Benzema and Henderson. Benzema's, in Benzema's case, 
it's reported that he's not coming into training. He's meant to report to training, but he's not doing that. And then Henderson, Henderson is six months in. He's looking like he wants to leave. The same thing, uh, it was also reported the same thing about Firmino. I don't know how true that is. But Henderson's zone is more concrete because Ajax are kind of pushing him. What do you feel about that? Is there any... I don't no, no feelings towards that. Okay. Okay. That's okay. No, I vibe with that. That's okay. Oh, yeah. So, with that being said, we've come to the end of our live stream. Again, if you watch this after our live stream, please don't forget to answer the question, drop it in the comments, what team you support, tell us. We'll also, we'll report back to you guys and we'll vibe with you guys, try to connect and see how things go. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and also hit that notification bell so that you'll be notified when we are going live. Also, as usual, one or other platforms, wherever you get your podcast, we are there. If you don't watch YouTube, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast, we are there. TikTok, Instagram, please follow us. We'll drop some things during the week, little contents for you here and there so that we can interact with you guys. But this has been a blast, Spy, as always. We hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week ahead. We'll be back probably Tuesday, probably, but we don't we don't know yet. We'll be back to review the second half of March Week 21 that kicks off with Arsenal hosting Crystal Palace. Hopefully, Arsenal can get back to winning ways, but we'll see. Um, Easy way for Palace. Palace. This has been a blast. Have an amazing one, guys. We're out.